3: Wake up! Wake up!
2: Mike Mulligan, David Haw.
3: If
4: Caleb Williams, but you got to shoot it as you go.
0: Mahomes-ish. Yeah. Then. I mean, if you're able to have the success that he's had in college, um, on the level that he's had it, it's going to translate. If we're producing
4: this, I am. I got a crew with with Justin Fields in the Bahamas or wherever the heck he went on vacation. If he's paying attention, he's not on Instagram. We know that. He's not following the Bears. Maybe
3: I still mess with the Bears. Isn't that? I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm following the
0: Bears and the NFL, bro. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG, don't mean you're not messing with him.
4: And what's Caleb Williams' thought process throughout this week, and what's he doing uh, to respond he to all this attention? He might not talk. I heard that. And if, if he chooses not to talk, he will reinforce some of the concerns that have been so far unfounded and a little bit unfair. But if he doesn't talk, I think that's going to be a problem. I want to go home and
5: cuddle with my dog and watch some shows. So emotionally, I want to go home and I want to lay with my dog.
1: (laughs) Start your mornings with Mully and Haw. 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score.
0: What's up, Mully Haw? Awesome show, man.
3: Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It is a glorious Friday. It's the 1st of March.
4: We're out of that All horrible right. February spring weather. We are. Wow. Good what? morning, Molly. It is. It's Friday, March 1st. March that's coming right. in like a Dan Campbell. Leaving like a what?
3: Yeah. Like a knee-biter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although March. it's going to be
4: mild today. Mild, Isn't right? is it again March? Well. <laughs> March like February. Mild? Mild. How mild? Well, I think that 49 is the high. Okay. And well, sunny fair. skies. I think that feels very mild compared to what it was a couple of days ago this crazy week of weather oh, tornadoes yeah. and spin nuts single digit wind chills so Th- today will feel 40
3: good. something degrees today F- will feel cool. good that that was the thing It well, it's 75 in february in chicago that's
4: that's just weird concerned about the planet yeah I, I mean we could go there but i don't think we would entertain people but yeah it's it's a big concern this week when you have this extreme shift in weather the uh, the um franchise tag
3: the deadline's march 5th just so you know if Four you're gonna days. tag someone
4: yeah you better get to it it's march it's march it's march the month of madness mm. start paying to college start paying attention to college basketball did this- you
3: know and i'm sure you do because i probably have mentioned it march Madness, the term itself coined in the state of illinois i knew that yes
4: yeah? uh, definitely all you hoosiers <laughs> copying us Listen, Indiana invented basketball. Illinois just copyrighted it. Uh you know, Doctor James Naismith, who I, who was I, he invented basketball,
3: and he was born technicalities like what is now Canada. Okay, let me. He was right that. on the border.
4: Let me rephrase
3: that. The Canadians invented. He was educated at McGill. Uh,
4: Canadians invented. And the the game only basketball. reason you know that is because your Not daughter Ushers. goes there, and you pay tuition at McGill. I know a lot, so of so you stuff. know a lot about McGill's trivia. All right, let me rephrase that. Indiana perfected basketball. Illinois okay. just copyrighted it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. No, March Madness is all we copyrighted. Uh, <laughs> well, March Madness I, not, to some not people. Not the game itself. To some people, March Madness is the only basketball they're exposed to. That is basketball. True. That is true. Start paying attention to college basketball this weekend. Yeah. There'll be experts by Selection Sunday. We'll know everything by the first week, uh, weekend of games in the NCAA tournament. And we we'll, won't be able to figure out why we were wrong when our teams get eliminated. <laughs> That's the summary of the next three and a half weeks. Uh, So funny. But yes, this weekend will be a lot at the NFL Combine. We've got the Cubs and Sox today in Arizona. We've got the Bulls and the Bucks after dark, starting at nine o'clock, tip off at the UC. What is that all about?
3: Yeah, I I don't like that trend. I sound grumpy. No, I I mean, you know what it's it's about is national television. It's just way late. Yeah. I mean, nine o'clock, a three hour game, that's that's a little bit much Midnight, for some of us. It's gonna go into Saturday morning, just stay up. Well, here's the problem. The problem is, you know, some of us who go go who work during the morning might want to go to sleep. That's at a night. big ask.
4: And get yourself geared up for
3: the rest of the week. 9
4: o'clock tip-off for Friday Nine night o'clock tip off? for us is a big ask. By Friday night, I am by that point what my wife refers to often as drunk tired. Yeah. Drunk tired. Or just plain drunk. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, I don't know if I would cop <laughs> to that. But I will say that she has her point sometimes. You know, you get to the point. You can relate to this. You get to the point at Friday, I'm sure everyone who gets up this early, if you're listening, you're up this early, maybe off to work. By Friday night, if you've worked all week, yes, you, you have this to, fatigue yeah. that right. leads to some maybe giddiness. And if you do have a drink or two, all of a sudden, you're not only tired, you're drunk tired. Uh, and you may drunk, be drunk. in a state of mind that, or your tone of voice is such that if your spouse recognizes that tone, You know that, so you see stuff like flying by, (laughs) uh, that kind of thing, or you start telling the really the dumbest jokes, even dumber than usual. (laughs) Wow! Or you start being amused by the most mundane things. It's like being drug tired. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway,
3: I was amused this morning at your (laughs) four minute forty. You know, watching some of those forties yesterday. Watching, I watched some of the combine. I can't help myself, and the coverage was great. And watching guys, big men, do their workouts and put up numbers where you're just like, holy mother of God.
4: It's just astounding. It really is. The athleticism of some of these defensive linemen, Uh, the the speed and explosiveness. Unbelievable. It it always makes me wonder, though, because you fell for it. You just acknowledge that. You fall for it every year. I do, too. You see these times. You see these highlights. It's all over social media and then you're like oh why did he only have four sacks yeah no well, no i mean listen the
3: the tape tells the story why but, did he only play in seven games but like you know here's the thing like and you know this from all your years of covering things if a guy can run a good 40 time that's a, it, you know it's usually emblematic of great athleticism mm-hmm. but if you're talking about defensive ends. Like if you look at a short shuttle time, that speaks to explosiveness. Yeah, that speaks to how quickly you can Agility. get off the ball. Exactly. And so there's a lot bend right? and flexibility. You, you add all things. those yeah. numbers up, and you you're getting a world class athlete who is whatever. The the kid from Penn State, six three two fifty four, ran a, a sub four five forty. It was the fastest 40 time in 20 years. The last guy to run that fast at the Combine to be over 250 and run a 40 time like that was Vernon Davis.
4: Wow. The tight end from San Francisco. disrespectful tight end from San Francisco. The guy that had Mike Singletary. So you're talking about Chop Robinson. I'm talking about Chop Robinson. Chop Robinson. Great name for the NFL. Great name for... All uh, a pass rusher no question. should have played at Florida State instead of Penn State. But Chop Robinson is the guy that yesterday he did run a sub four five forty. He's a large man. Yes, and he's the one I'm referring to that I looked at. That I saw him run and like, oh my gosh, he yeah, you can't block him. And then oh my no. gosh, why did he have four sacks? Well, he he also had a ten foot
3: eight inch broad jump. That, that's like a standing forward jump if you haven't never seen that. He had a
4: 34.5 vertical. His 10 yard split was 1.54. I think it was the fastest in 20 years. I mean, so th- these are it's unbelievable. numbers that will, will shoot him up the draft chart. Oh, yeah. Remember last year, the kid from Pitt shot up the draft, the defensive tackle ended up taken by the Bucks. Um, He had a great combine and yeah. that athleticism. He was undersized, but he had a good rookie year and I thought of that yesterday as well because we are saying similar things about him there, there's a kid from is it Darius Robinson he he
3: popped at the uh senior ball. he's from a small school he, you know uh, okay so Chop Robinson had like a 34.5 vertical which is like jumping out of the gym okay that's unbelievable this this kid he had like a forty point something
4: vertical. Yes,
3: he's about two sixty. I, I know it's amazing. What in the name of
4: God? Like right there, you're tearing down a rim and if that, you want to. And, and somebody who's somebody, going to stop you? Somebody's going to draft him just based on those measurables. Just based on that, forget the tape. They'll draft him on the combine. Elijah Canty is who I was referring to, the Bucks defensive right. tackle from Pitt, right. who had a great combine, and I think that. His success, based largely on, obviously, good football player, but he had a great combine, You make it makes you wonder what carryover effect that will have. Well, you know, if one athlete, if he showed all these uh, traits at the combine, maybe it's worth look, taking another chance on a guy. I, I wonder how executives think that way because I go back to the production. If you're just looking at production, he wasn't very productive as a senior at Penn State Virgin's his final season. I, I had a buddy who
3: played at Purdue and his graduating class, they had one guy drafted out of his graduating class. It was a backup corner who ran like a four, three, seven or something. And the guy gets drafted into the NFL. and sticks around for four or five years. No one else fit the profile of what an NFL player has to be. And no one else like, Wowed everybody at the combine, but a guy that barely had played.
4: (laughs) A texter correctly points out a good memory. Remember, Jerron Gilbert jumped out of a pool. Oh, sure. He jumped out of the pool. And dazzled the Bears into thinking he was going to be an explosive defensive player. When did they take him, though? They didn't have a first or a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
3: mean, okay, they took the guy because he could jump out of a pool. And that wasn't really. But there are combine cre-
4: creations. Mike Moula, starting with sure, him. Remember no him question. back in the day? Yep. Philadelphia Eagles bust from Boston College, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there are all kinds of There's guys. All kinds. Of, it is. Dustin loves to call it the Underwear Olympics. It is very good, very well. He should have trademarked that. Should have w- copied yeah. that. Wouldn't you say? So original. the
0: the first what three rounds? Would you say you have to have a starter in those? And maybe I think like two,
4: first two rounds are starters. Third day through uh, third round, I think is a guy that is probably a part time starter, eventual number one guy. And then fourth round to, to seventh is well, you know what, gems. These are your scouting right. gems. That's it. That,
3: that's those when you start getting later in the draft. Those are scout rounds, and right. and you, you and, know
4: it's guys that have followed these guys all over the place. Guys who love who, them who are drafted based maybe largely on their athleticism. Right.
0: That's why I was looking at the Gilbert kid. Yeah, you guys are right. Third round pick eighty. Uh, he's picked sixty eighth in the. 2009
4: draft. And so, his Bears career was the- so good that he's remembered for jumping out of a pool.
0: And
3: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. They had two third-round picks that year. Did they take Henry
4: Melton that year? And I believe he made a Pro Bowl once. Henry Melton, great athlete, three-technique tackle, was a running right. back in college, and boom, he could run. Yeah. So, yeah, a I, I, lot of I mean, good,
3: I, Yeah, a lot of – A lot of you good know.
4: displays of athleticism, none of which compared to what you saw this morning. <laughs> when I d- dashed to the parking garage – in less than four minutes, sub-four-minute dash to the parking garage. And you didn't even get into a full sprint. I didn't. It no. was like a brisk walk. No. Hit, But I was living right. Hit all the lights in the elevators. Yes. Boom, boom, boom. Nobody was dilly-dallying in the elevator. Nobody had to, oh, well, okay, wait for the door. I, I
3: had a rough one. I parked my car, and there's two guys talking. Like, there's just one guy standing there and another guy sitting in his car, and they're obviously killing time before they come they come in, and they take the best spots, and then they sit there for 20 I minutes. Know. Whatever. What? The guy was in my preferred spot. Sorry, construction I, workers. I park elsewhere. Whatever. What are they doing? Then I go, and I'm waiting for the elevator. And I, I told you this. I'm sitting there. And I could feel this, like, looming presence. I'm at one elevator. I move to the other one. It catches my eye, at the corner of my eye, that some bloody giant is, like, moving through the doors. And I'm like, get, let me get on this elevator before I got to talk to this guy. And it was like this large, like oversized presence. And I finally I like turn and look, and there I am reflected in the glass of the door. It was you. I was intimidated. You were scared. I you. was sneaking up on me. Wow.
4: That's I when thought you know, I was gonna mug me. That's when you know you need some coffee. That's when you know you're drunk, tired. <laughs> you're drunk, tired, and it's not even six AM. <laughs> <It's> not- <laughs>
1: You know, that happens, about to, 5, that happens though.
4: You know, the, 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 in the elevator, yeah. in the parking garage, you get into a zone. You're you not do. really paying attention. No, you got your head down. That's how I forgot Drunk something. Tired. Drunk tired. Drunk tired. Yeah. So I, but I, I tell you what, I did not. I did not. I hadn't even had a drink. <laughs> and I saw this guy coming at me. It's like the old joke. Two guys
3: sitting at a bar. One guy says to the other "I see those two guys? They're staring at us. And the other guy says, let's go get them. And they start to get up. And the other guy says, hey, dude, let's just stay here. They're coming. They were looking at a reflection of themselves.
4: <laughs> That's good that you can admit that, though, that you saw yourself. Yeah, it was pretty and ridiculous. It was kind of scary. I'm a, did pretty, you hold the,
3: I'm a pretty imposing did figure. Did you wait from to the hold distance? the elevator
4: for your two friends that were lingering at your car? Did you wait for no, them? No, they were. What's they your were, elevator etiquette there? They
3: were in the midst of some big chat. See, I, I'm just saying, what you don't want is human interaction at that hour. You just I want know. to get up here.
4: I. I Probably risk being borderline. I don't say rude, but brusque. When I was getting what I forgot out of my car, getting back into the elevator, somebody was coming probably fifty feet away. I think that's probably the distance after which you kind of don't worry about them catching up. And I just press a button and boom, I went up. I didn't wait.
3: Yeah, is that okay? I I mean, you're in a hurry. I was in a hurry. Yeah, I was being being
4: timed. I wanted to make it before so I
3: think four if, minutes. If like if somebody that you know is walking toward the elevator and you're hitting the closed door button, <laughs> and you say something like, "Oh, here, let me get this," <laughs> and, and you close the yeah. door, yeah, and in the, the guy's coffee. face, <laughs> you, you, may, you may yell out, "Oh, sorry," but really, oh you, boy, you, yeah, you're it's invigorating.
4: It is invigorating to go that fast, <laughs> that quickly, and and you know, yeah, no, I, you you I, came in here and you said. That the adrenaline rush was better than coffee. It
3: was, and I said, "Yes, stress and anxiety, you can live on that too.
4: Y- you can be fueled by stress and anxiety yeah, every day. And a, and 5, a little caffeine. To 10. That's yes. right." You guys were talking about
0: obviously David's <laughs> freakish time to get back here, and then yeah, we're talking about obviously the NFL Combine and yep. workouts. Yep. And I, I'm so caught up on this Gilbert character now, just because. Jerron you, Gilbert. Yes, yeah. he was the first pick. Of the Bears of the during Bears that, that draft that too. That's right. The first, like he was the third round pick because yeah. of the whole Jay Cutler stuff. They didn't
4: stuff. have a first or a but second. He was Henry the first Melton, time they picked that DJ year?
0: Moore, Johnny Knox was a, all a part of that.
3: Yeah, the, D- the other DJ
0: Moore, the other DJ Moore, yep. Vanderbilt DJ
3: Moore. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he could talk. He was a he was a good player. Yeah, he, he was, was a good okay. player. And, and Johnny Knox, I mean, Johnny God, Knox. he could run. Oh, he could run. He broke his neck. That was, the he, he did, that was a
4: very sad development because he was a, he was emerging as a pretty he good was. wide receiver in the that NFL. Was tough. Yeah, At 2009, 15 years ago. Wow, time flies. Yeah. Time flies almost as fast as me to the parking garage.
3: Yeah, you did well.
4: We <laughs> ought to we ought to incorporate that into our own 40 times. The parking garage Olympics. I just
3: I I envision dust and you know, you know just shirtless he shaved all the hair off his body including for aerodynamics his, his eyebrows yeah. Just
4: and to, he's looking for any way a veteran that time. i think a 40 time would be fun
5: running a 40 would be good the, the problem is the elevator right you, you, can't, well, control, that's you right. can't control you can't control the elevator you have to do it like this time of day when there's less people around yeah what if that you, could get in the way
3: what if you got stuck in the?
4: That would be terrible.
3: Then you missed the whole damn day. I
4: I wouldn't want to do it with a a full office building because you could not definitely. That's the beauty of coming this early. Yes. Every elevator, and you got to take two. Yep. They're express elevators. Yeah. And they, it worked. So willing
5: to share is a, you played defensive back at a high level. Are you willing to share your best 40 time? Oh, sure. I don't mind that. Tom Brady beat it. Tom Brady
4: beat it yesterday. Tom Brady did not beat it. Look. (laughs) Did I you was see that? I, <laughs> yeah. that was weird. Yeah, that, that was very strange. Well, he's an odd guy. Five two. Tom Brady ran a five point two eight, which is faster than he was when he was twenty two years old. He was at the combat. he ran a five point two eight. Yeah, I was in the Mid American Conference because I ran no quicker than a four six. If I would have been a four, yeah, my speed was always the the challenge for me. Now, my senior year, when I was had a friendly watch. And indoor conditions, and going with the wind at my back, I did crack four six, but it was only once. And I'm going to claim it four point five eight. Well, that's pretty good. That's really what, do you, good. what do you run now? On What do still I run, run now? now. Yeah. Wow, I don't think I could crack five. Maybe get out the sundial.
5: Maybe yeah, I never got. I never could get under five. And it was such a big deal, like in high, run, you know, running the forty and trying to get to three fifteen on the bench. That was like, that was, those are the two things. So those are the Get, two things. 40 uh, times sub, the bench. Sub, yeah, 15. Sub, sub 540 and a 315 bench. And a how many How
3: many 225s? That's that's what they do at the combine. That's
5: what they do at the combine. Yeah, yeah I, you know, like five or six. That's pretty but good. But I, you know, eventually did hit 315 a couple of times. So that was like nice. one thing that's that I really wanted to accomplish. Short arms. Short arms. Short arms. Yeah. That helps. David, would Feral you say, tested, since
0: yeah. you run, you're one of the – fastest probably here at the score out of, out <laughs> yeah. of 40 I times don't,
4: i wouldn't want to say that because then somebody's gonna say oh i bet you i could beat haw let's set that up let's no. S- who, who else would it be i don't know see the problem uh, is anthony I, problem heron is like- i don't know oh anthony heron could run oh sure Well, that, that he's younger too he, he can run he wouldn't count would he count Sure, he's a he's a score guy.
0: Clay Harbor too. I forgot oh, he's a yeah, part score. He I,
4: I played know, in the NFL. Now you're
3: bringing in ringers. So he, did so did, he was so did tight Anthony end. Heron, right, exactly. Right? Wait, wait,
4: Clay Her- Heron did too. Clay Harbor was a tight end, correct? Yes. See, okay. If we want to put on the pads and we want to go one day, one. I want to say one play, one more play. Well, I would third and five. And Clay well, Harbor coming thing. across the middle. Boom! Like you run regularly,
3: Boom. so you wouldn't be pulling a hammy. I'm just talking about All of us here at the score. Yeah. You're you're tall enough to actually have a stride, you know. You're not. Like, have a you have You got guys here that would be, you know, running, like to your five steps. Is Parkins doing something 42. with basketball tonight?
4: Isn't he doing something with basketball? He's playing the box, I think. Put some like put some pads on Parkins and have him run a screen pass. I would love to see that one. A so screen that would be kind of. Oh, I don't know. Just a, oh okay, yeah, I'd love I to have Danny I'm, I'm envisioning with the ball the and, tackling his hand and drill, drill, Right, defense, yes. For you know, for for simulating this, like Brandon suggested. I don't know about a forty-yard dash. I think, yeah, Who Dan, else? Would be, Danny oh, is playing the, at the United uh, Center, right? What's Isn't the that young what it man's? I think me. he's
3: taking his nephew, Danny. Yeah, Danny's going to yeah, the center That's great. His nephew is, is you know his brother has passed, and he's there for his nephew, and they're gonna get to play some basketball against the. Whatever. It's before it's the Bucs game. It's yeah, a wonderful it's thing to do. Great opportunity. For his
4: nephew. Who am I thinking of, though, as a pretty good athlete that is on one of the softball teams here at Odyssey Softball? Team. Not Lawrence? Shane. Not Lawrence. Like um, Kevin Lapka? Yes, Kevin Lapka. Isn't he an athlete? He looks yeah. like it. Yeah, he looks pretty no, athletic. Yeah. Plus, he's really young. He's, like, yeah, early he's, 20s. He's,
5: yeah, he's, I, I, he, I he? mean, he's, I think he's still south of 25. Yeah, so...
0: He'll probably yeah, had the best 40 count. time out of everybody. Else. He would have to You gotta, the best 40 you gotta time.
3: add like a second per year.
4: I'm trying to think of who I would want to race. Yeah. That no, there's be... no one that
0: you'll beat all the hosts. All the hosts here. <laughs> yes. Hands. There you go.
4: Oh did I tell you what I'm doing Sunday? No. Speaking of running. Oh
5: no, I heard it. I know what you're I heard I heard it on another show. You did? And oh well, gosh. Well, 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 I didn't want to doing? know what
4: they were saying about another show about Sunday.
5: No no I heard you on another show telling us telling people what you were doing on Sunday. What show
4: did I tell somebody? You were on
5: uh, CBS Overnight oh, with Amy gosh. Lawrence, yeah, Amy on, Lawrence your way, on your way it. here. Oh. As <laughs> yeah, I was warming up for the pregame show, you were warming up. You were you were the pregame of the pregame.
4: Yeah, Amy Lawrence, she does an overnight uh, job here at CBS, Ra- CBS Radio, correct?
5: Yep, CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, yep.
4: good job. Entertaining coming in. I'm doing the puller plunge oh, on Sunday. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mitch did that one year. Special Olympics Chicago is the right. cause. Right, right. You can go on our Twitter feed and uh, – You'd get involved if you supposed wish. It's supposed to be almost 70. It's going to be like 70 degrees, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. 70 in the Verbs yeah, on it's Sunday. It's
5: not going to be 70 yesterday. in the lake. Not in the it's, lake. It's, no. Yeah, it's going to be awful cold. If it's oh, 70 no, 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 in the no. lake. I don't yeah. care about <laughs>
4: that. See, mind yeah. over matter. And all I know is it's going to be 60 degrees on Sunday. And this is the year, if you're ever going to do the polar plunge, wow. this is the year to do it. So I'm doing it. Good for you. My wife's first question when I informed her that yes. I was doing this. Rahm Emanuel did it. Rahm did it. Yeah. Lady Gaga did it. Gaga did it. Taylor She lived did it. here. Yes, a lot of people do it. It's a great cause. I tell my wife I'm doing it. Finally, every year I see the reports, and every year I'm like, I'm going to do that next year. This year I did it. I'm signed up. I'm ready to go. And I tell my wife I'm doing it, and she says, "Do they have defibrillators there? Yeah, exactly.
0: Is there going to be video of this?
4: You could give yourself oh, a heart know. attack. I don't know." Wait, don't say that.
3: No, you could. I mean, I'm just saying, you're jumping into freezing water and jumping out. You're what do you think the water temperature, temperature is? I think the water is awful cold, man. I mean, I wouldn't know. 40? But I know people. It might be. That's a good question. Let's let's just it's Google like everyone's that. Everyone's taking an ice bath. Like, Let me text my sore. guy, Bill. You know, I do want to they, know. They, um, I just remember, like, I was swimming somewhere, and the pool was 80. And it was like, wow, you know, is it warm in there? Well, it's 80. So so that's warm. What's your body temperature?
4: 80 is like bath water. It's 98.7.
3: It, I'm yeah. saying it's cold. I don't but know. 36.9 no.
5: is the average water temperature in February. It doesn't get to 70 until mid-August. Yes.
4: Okay. Yes.
5: So so I said 40.
4: It sounded like a that's good right. idea. It's a good idea, right? It's, it's a, a really good idea. idea. It's right. a great idea. And I, the other thing tell is- Tell us all about it yes. on Monday. I don't know about get, video, though. You can
3: towel down, to you can dry up, you, no, can, no. You, know, you do know how to make fire. So you can run
4: back to the beach, make a fire. My biggest concern is what? that you know how I feel about shirtless things. Well, I was know? just
5: going there. I was just no, going to ask, because you are you going to wear, wear like your like a, shirt because you you're wear... not a big shirtless I'm guy? I'm not a big shirtless yeah. guy.
3: Wear like a, you know. Do you like shower
5: a... with a shirt on, David? <laughs> no, I don't shower with a okay. shirt
4: on. It can be really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I haven't really thought this through. I really haven't thought this through about wardrobe. Approach. Do you submerge fully? Do you not submerge fully? Oh, yeah. Get
3: your head underwater, man. You feel the whole effect. Yeah.
4: Looking forward to it. Yeah. People at the special. Does it count if you
3: you don't put your head underwater? I think you got to go all in.
4: I'm going all in. Yeah. I'm not afraid of that.
3: But you could wear, like, you know, some kind of shirt or, you know, some kind of. I think that's what Rahm Emanuel did. Long sleeve shirt. Yeah. T shirt guy.
4: Yeah. T shirt guy. Yeah. You guys should be shirtless or a T shirt?
3: Oh, Wear a shirt for the love of God. No one wants to <laughs> shirtless see it. shirtless. No one wants to see that
4: hair on okay, your the, body. The closed loop and everything. I'll run a forty yard dash from North Avenue Beach into the water and they'll tie me and then I'll take my shirt off and dive in okay, Lake Michigan. Now
3: you're, now you're getting carried away.
4: Cause if you do, I mean, just being
3: honest, if you do like pull a hammy, get a cramp, and you go in the water, good way to die.
4: Really <laughs> oh, thank difficult. You. you won't be I able would to tell swim. My wife that.
3: I'm just saying, you get a cramp, you're in trouble. Amy you ever had a cramp did say in the water? she
4: did it before, and she had a good experience, and she did say it was pretty cold, though.
3: So yeah,
4: well, I mean, you're going. It's
3: called the polar plunge. They're not sneaking up on you. <laughs> all right, that's great. I'm oh, glad no. you're doing it. Oh we'll, no, uh, we'll be back. We're going to pick apart all
0: the stories of the day. The pick six is call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Next, it's Mully and Haw on the score.
2: It's Pick 6 with
0: Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now.
5: Are you looking forward to hearing from Kayla Williams today from the Indianapolis Combine? What subject is one you most look forward to him addressing? Is there any suspense as to his message or did the interview with the four-letter network's Pete Thamel already answer all concerns?
3: Um, I think we pretty much know what he's going to say and how he's going to say it. And I think he's going to say the right stuff. Um, I I don't expect any bad moments from him. I really don't. I think that, you know, he understood what everyone needed to hear, and he did that interview and and gave all that information to Pete Thamel. So I think it takes a ton of the suspense out of it. I would like to hear him talk about uh, why, if indeed it's accurate, he made the decision not to do any of the medical stuff. Just curious about it. Um, I think that um, that I'd like to ask him about the different team meetings and the purpose behind that. If, if the teams wanted to meet him, did he, are there teams that he felt he needed to talk to, etc. cetera. Um, I, I just think that there's a lot of – I just want to hear him kind of extemporaneously answer questions and just get a feel for both his – personality and, and I'm going to say it like his delivery in front of a group. Right. I'm just curious, all of that, just how, you know, I mean, I remember the first time I heard Patrick Mahomes, it was, uh, it was mind boggling because that voice is so unique and you know, I, I, we've heard Caleb Williams talk. I, I don't think we're expecting anything extraordinary, but don't you want to see how he carries himself How he responds to stuff, what his face looks like, if he, you know, he was asked about seeking ownership by an agent. They said he squished up his face. Who would do that? Um, I, I think stuff like that I'm very interested in as much as what he says, the delivery and all that.
5: Well, I think you're spot on. We gotta know about the medical. Every guy who's ever gone through the combine has done this. And is this, is this NIL to blame for this? Is this somebody who has $10 million earned, yeah. $6 million, 8, whatever you know, whatever? Mul- multiple million dollars earned already, so I don't have to follow the rules. I don't have to go through the protocols. I'm the presumed number one talent in this draft. I'm not going to get measured. And everybody's trying to, you know, have he'll fun with looking at him. And- yeah, he'll get he'll measured. Get
3: me-
4: but
5: he'll have
3: more he'll- money in the
5: bank than anyone but asking he won't- him a
4: question. He'll get measured. He's just not going through the testing, the medical no. testing.
5: I, me. I, I, I'm I, reading that he's not doing anything. I was told other was than going get
4: measured, but he won't do the medical testing. But
5: I, well, uh, So I think that's something that needs to be cleared sure. up. It's yeah, kind of like, is Cody Bellinger playing center field or first base? <laughs> like, I mean you want to know you right? want to, you want to know that yeah. and, and also in a fun way to a certain extent I'm you know maybe Mark Roddy's going to ask him I'm not going to text him to ask him but I would be shocked if somebody doesn't ask him if he from the Chicago group that will be part of this obviously did he decide to throw darts or did he decide to putt <laughs>
4: and can he hit the bullseye goat moving left yeah <laughs> just that's funny to joke about I, I am along those same lines somewhat curious. In a silly way, if he will show up with painted fingernails, and if so, will they carry any kind of message? Is this the guy who's going to play along? Is he in on the joke? Is he? Well, imagine fun if with they're blue and orange, David. Well, I, mean, I know. Right? I mean, see, imagine that, that's if they're blue I and orange. Right? If they are, then he's playing along and he's got a good sense of humor. I think we'll see more personality than maybe we have uh, we have maybe perceived that he has because of all of the drama surrounding his his buildup and all the speculation about his demands and all the things about his, his persona. And is he a diva? And I think you'd be looking for clues and signs for that. I am most curious from a content standpoint. I would like to know how involved his father will be in contract negotiations. What role will his dad play in being the front person for team Caleb? Uh, He's not going to sign an agent. Was that a collaborative decision Hmm. or how did he arrive at that call? Because as you know, being the number one overall pick, uh, is it's unorthodox not to have an agent. You don't need necessarily somebody to negotiate your deal because it's, it's a boilerplate contract, but it is a decision that's raised some eyebrows. And now somebody who does have the money that he's uh, accumulated because of NIL doesn't necessarily need all of the team in place because it's already in place. But I do want to know who the role his father has played in his – development and will play moving forward because if there's one controversial figure in this whole thing I'm not sure it's Caleb Williams as much as it is his father Carl there's gonna be a lot of questions on the draft
5: process what did you make of Bears general manager Ryan Poles telling the team's website quote this is the first year where I feel like we've set a foundation and we can build above the ground and really put something together that can be special end quote do you agree with that take
4: Well, I think every year you're going to say some version of that because every year that you're here, ideally, you're building something that's better than the previous season and you're moving forward, not backward, and you're making progress. Now, I I like the sounds of this because I do think it does tell people like us that they have a standard, they have a goal in mind, and we're going to hold them accountable the expectations that they set in March the previous March 2024 should be a playoff season for the Chicago Bears if you are setting a foundation and you're building above ground and now that you do have something together that is and can be special those are buzzwords for playoff teams the Bears need to be a playoff team in 2024 this is Ryan Poles confirming that thank you thank you Ryan Poles We will hold you accountable to this lofty rhetoric just the way we're holding Kevin Warren accountable for his. If you're saying all these things, now you need to back it up. Go get your quarterback. Go get your wide receiver. Rebuild your offensive line. And I'll see you in the playoffs.
5: Well, this just is another indication that all signs point to another quarterback. Is it Caleb Williams? And we talked about this yesterday during this segment. Maybe even during this question. I I would be disappointed if they do go another direction from Justin Fields if it's not Caleb Williams, now that there's uh, some talk among some that the LSU quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner, could be the guy at the top of this draft board and not Caleb Williams. Um, I think you could build a better foundation by getting more picks by trading Caleb Williams or the number one pick away and keeping Justin Fields, or, again, if you think Jaden Daniels is the guy, you could maybe get down to two or three and still get Jaden Daniels and get some picks and get another wide receiver and get another tight end. So we'll we'll see, but it does make – it makes a lot of sense. Listen, picking Caleb Williams ensures four to five more years of Ryan Poles being the general manager of the Chicago Bears. And at the end of the day, he's also got to make the decision that's best for him – along with the organization.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You restart the clock. Um, Yeah, I think that it's going to be really interesting. You know, the Bears lost 10 games last year, and and they feel like their foundation is now set. I'm just curious as to what that means. What kind of improvement are we talking about? Are we talking about playoff contender? Are we talking about division contender? Two teams from the division made the playoffs. Two teams from the, the division looked pretty good in the playoffs. I don't know how you're passing people unless you do get an upgrade at the most important position on the field, unless you add to the mix with your weaponry on that offense, right? I think that, you know, what's going on? Is Darnell Mooney a part of their future? It didn't look like it last year. Is, you know, Chase Claypool's already gone. Uh, Justin Fields talked to Equidemius St. Brown, is he going to try to, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, that guy, to Atlanta when he's traded? I, I'm making a joke. Please? But, but <laughs> that's the truth. You have DJ Moore, great player. Mm-hmm. You have Cole Komet, who you feel real good about.
4: Very good guy.
3: And, and I don't know what else you have. I don't know who else you look at and feel like they're rising stars. you got to improve the offensive line. Always, 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 especially if you're bringing in a different quarterback, and um, and I think that they got some, they drafted some guys with some massive size last year. Darnell Wright and uh, and and Javon Dexter, he needs to take another step. I think he's capable of it. Zach Pickens, I'd like to see him do something this year, and and I think they're dangerously thin. At the uh, defensive end position. So, watching some of these guys running around was a bit exciting because there should be
4: some talent there. I would – we'll continue to talk about this because I, I agree with you, but I do think their offensive needs outweigh the need to add to a defense that's already very good.
3: You've you know, got to
4: be able to take a step back.
3: Foundation. We can Evaluate talk about the situation
4: day. and answer Better one answer question.
3: You want to know how you win in the NFL, you, you can you – can, handle losing uh, an all-pro guard because you got a guy behind him who can win for you in the Super Bowl
5: <laughs> that was the voice of Brad Biggs did you like hearing from the top tight end Brock Bowers he's from Georgia being asked if he'd like to play potentially with Caleb Williams and with the Bears oh, he's pretty sweet I mean he's already done did it at USC and I mean um, hopefully it translates well to the next level and yeah, it'd be pretty awesome to be with another top rookie like that.
4: Yeah, I met with the Bears, and uh, I mean, love watching uh, Cole come I mean, he does a great job uh, in all aspects of the game being tight end. So, yeah, it'd be exciting.
5: So, you just heard from Brock Bowers. Would you like to see Brock Bowers in the uh, blue and orange of the Bears?
3: Without a doubt. I mean, Brock Bowers is, you know, I haven't heard a guy talk that happily about the Bears at tight end since George Kittle. Um yeah, I think Brock Bowers is going to be a really good NFL player, and I think he's top of his draft class. I don't know that he's the number nine pick. I don't know if that's a trade down and then you take him. I mean, I, I think he's a top ten talent. I just don't know that uh, that he's going to go that fast. You know, the problem that you have with the number nine pick, and that's what we're talking about here. You, he, you know, he's not the guy you take first. He's the guy that you would take with your second number one pick. Are, the, are all the receivers gone? There are three big receivers in this draft. You might need that more than you need another tight end. I, I mean, I would never turn down a chance to get a guy who people believe is going to be a great player and to kind of go, you know, all Gronk and Hernandez on the NFL. That sounds great up to a point. We won't get into it. But, but uh, great player. You'd love to have him. Uh, I'd like to know where he's going in the in the draft. Is he is he closer to the twelfth pick in the draft than the ninth pick in the draft? And would you move down? And if you did, wouldn't, wouldn't all those wide receivers have to be gone? I mean, wouldn't that be the higher priority than the second tight end? I I don't know. I think the I think it's it's a great option.
5: I think if the Bears continue to maintain the first and ninth pick in this draft, I think both of those picks should be spent on offense. I will say that, and I, I mean clearly, the number one pick will be spent on offense. Bowers plays offense. Uh, no, I'm would right. You what would you say him though? Yeah. I, you know, it, I mean, this is the guy who's. I got to know. I got to know how many of the wide receivers are gone. Yes. I got to know they could still be a scenario. Use...
4: Give me a scenario where where Brock Bowers would be there at nine and you'd take him.
5: Is there one? I, I don't think there is one. I okay, don't think thank I, I, don't, you. I don't I don't think that I don't if think if you the,
4: trade it down though from if you, nine yeah but right?
5: at, at nine. I'm saying if he's if you're it, at if nine he's still there at nine at like
3: 14 – I don't know. Oh sure. Know where if it, they if go. you go
5: down to fourteen or fifteen, yeah, then yes. But You'd not jump at, on it. Not at nine. Right. You would jump on it?
3: I think a guy like that I don't know. Just I not, at nine. He, look, just not David, at nine. I just not at nine I don't take him at nine. I think
4: he is a pass receiver. And you could—he's—he's he's like a big wide receiver. I know. I, I everyone, the Travis Kelseyization of the draft process, and the, everybody the, wants one of those. The Sam
3: Laporta occasion I, exactly. of the
4: Division. Sam Laporta is a great example too. But but I always I look at like okay, I'm not going to disparage Brock Bowers. He's tremendous. Yeah, he's a good. Player. I mean, he's going to be Sam Laporta. He's going to be a guy like Kelsey, perhaps, maybe not you know Hall of Fame caliber. but He's going to make an impact on whatever offense he joins, but you're the Bears. Brock Bowers kind of is the pool you buy when you need a second car. You need a wide receiver. You need an offensive tackle. You need these things in the draft, and there's no shame in going into the draft with two of the top nine picks needing things. That's why you're drafting in the top ten. You need things. Yeah, you could use Brock Bowers, to me, as a luxury. I don't think he's a luxury you can afford necessarily, even if it's a top 15 You're the Bears, and you need to give Caleb Williams a tool, a weapon, and he would be that, but then all of a sudden you have two really good tight ends that you could envision making your passing game effective, but you have one number one wide receiver opposite who? Now, if they go into free agency and they overpay for some veteran wide receiver and all of a sudden Mike Evans is strolling into town, let's have that conversation and re-ask the question. Because then it, that does change the dynamic going into the draft. He, he's right,
3: though, about you probably want two offensive players in the top ten if you stay in with the ninth. Guy,
4: right? I don't disagree with that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But yeah. I don't think one of them it's, is, is it's a tight worthy end. It's
3: topic of conversation. It's,
4: it's either one of the two offensive tackles, one was his high no. school teammate and one is Joe Alt, or it's, a, it's one of the wide receivers. Four quarterbacks, three wide
3: receivers, a couple of offensive tackles. Right? So – I don't know that you get to him.
4: Well, I think that if that scenario is what you just described, which is very feasible, you're also talking about potentially what people will counter my argument with. You could take the number one defensive player in the draft, number one guy. Yeah.
1: You know, that's a really good question. Uh,
5: what do you say about the White Sox winning not one but two spring training games yesterday with a split squad sweep six five over the M's and six one over the Royals? The team is now three and five in spring training. Is that noteworthy?
4: Well, up until you read the record right there, I wasn't aware that they won both games or were three and five. So it maybe it's noteworthy to people paying attention to the outcomes, but I'm not outcome-based in spring training. I'm paying attention to the Craig Council model and the method where the results don't matter. I want to know more about how they beat the Mariners. I want to know more about how they beat the Royals. Was the Royals an in InterSquad game? game? They, they were... They Royals had, versus they
3: got Royals. Two two run homers from Gavin Sheets and Aloy. Oh, who, Gavin Sheets, that's right. He aloy, did aloy who is twice. And he Aloy is tearing up spring training. I think he's six and nine, Dustin. Yeah. Does that sound <laughs> right? Again,
4: wake me when he's healthy after ten games.
5: Well, just, just for what it's worth, the, the sports update is about the facts. Right? That's what you put you, the facts You just of, sounded
4: like Iberflus there. Of
5: the information in a you sports You a little like
4: Iberflus there? Like the facts, right?
5: The and facts. so the, the facts are that yesterday, Aloy Jimenez went two for three with two RBIs, and he now has six hits in spring training. Thank you. And Gavin Sheets hit a pair of home runs, and the White Sox won two games—a split squad sweep. So those are the—that's th- what happened. I just switched the music. That—that's what happened. In the update, <laughs> you provide the facts,
3: Jack. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. The uh, the Sox were one and five yesterday. Now they're three and five. It's great, great to see. I think th- I think this is it. I'm not sure they'll lose another
5: spring training game.
3: Okay. First of all, I just stepped on your question.
5: Io Dussumil he'll be mic'd up tonight on the NBC Sports Chicago broadcast against the Bucks. These sometimes work, and most of the times they don't. If you had to pick one Chicago athlete or coach to be miked up, who would it be?
3: Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know that this is going to be great. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think part of the problem, you know, with any experiment like this, the problem is that the guy who's miked up knows he's miked up, and now he's got to put on a show as the miked up guy. And it's, you know, I I watched the All-Star game, and I know I shouldn't. And Giannis was mic'd up, and he goes over to Dame Lillard, and he's like, hey, damn, I'm, up. I'm mic'd up. Like, he kind of, he tells them.
4: These never work. That he's, exactly. They never work. Because They're
3: all so stilted. What they really want to say yeah. is blankety blank. And, right. and it's, it's always. But I, I go back to, you know, Lucas Patrick getting mic'd up for that game. And just running around encouraging everyone and being like, you know, a super excited ball of energy. You know, I don't mind seeing stuff like that. I think that's fine. But I think the the consciousness of the player, the self-consciousness, the awareness that you are miked up, it, it destroys the experiment. So whatever it is that's said, it is already sort of understood that it's going to be for the microphone, not for each other. So I would suggest we start miking people without telling them. Then you'd have something going. I love the idea of a coach being mic'd up. We now got, like, coaches being interrupted in the game so they can talk about the game. Um, yeah, I think I'd love to hear Craig Council walk me through a baseball game. Out of anybody else in town, I want him mic up while he's making decisions. And I, I would really like someone to be, like, nearby that he's bouncing something off of so you get to hear, I'm weighing this and this, and I made this move. I think the the chess match element of that would be awesome.
5: Is Caleb Williams, does that count? Is he, is he a Chicago sports athlete? Yeah, that would be cool, though. Because if he is, then I want to I hear. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'll speak for myself in this moment. I loved inside the NFL after the Super Bowl and hearing that stuff. You right. know, hearing yeah, Pat Mahomes right. do the corn dog. The, you know, talk about the corn dog play that that ended up winning the game. Like that, that kind of stuff is awesome after after the fact because it really gives you like you're in the huddle and, and that's an awesome thing. Yeah, rarely do these work. Rarely do these make sense to do. But in a slower game, I think it's cool. But to me, it's the football stuff. But if it's right now, I would love if it was like if there was like a a separate broadcast. It wouldn't be for everybody, but a separate broadcast, alternative broadcast, Mm -hmm. just Craig Council. Yeah, like from the the whole game, like. You're seeing the game, Through his and you're eyes. and you're yeah. listening to him talk. There's natural sound. I'd love and his... hearing him talk. That's it. Marquis could do that during a spring training game. I, I, think, that really that. Cool. I, I think that, that would be really cool. I think in spring training is probably the only way he would agree to Don't do it. Don't you remember
4: when they did? Uh, it was when Rizzo and Bryant were still here. They mic'd them up and they had an who? ongoing conversation. Yeah, who? <laughs> very well played. That was good. <laughs> that was good stuff. They knew they were mic'd up and still they were. Uh, really had something to say and it was fun. And then we thought I at that point I thought, okay, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. Now it does seem like when the guys who are mic'd up they know it and it's kind of stilted and rehearsed and awkward almost. It's awkward. But if they were to look at I think that if he were to be relaxed, Aloy would be interesting for the White Sox. I think they could probably liven up their broadcast a little bit if they had guys like Aloy Jimenez say some things, and it would be great to interact. But with the Cubs – No Pedro. Not Pedro. No, I don't think Pedro. (laughs) He would not be somebody like, who's that talking? (laughs) Um, PCA. I think the guys who make good interviews would make lively uh, participants in in being mic'd up. And PCA would be a guy that (laughs) would have something to say, would try to entertain, and might be kind of amusing – So he might get into it a little bit more because he's still young enough to think that you know it it matters. But beyond that, football, I'm not sure the Bears, if they draft Kayla Williams, absolutely he would be fun. It's picked off for a pick six.
5: Any surprise that Iowa's women's basketball star, Caitlin Clark, announced on Thursday that she will forego a potential COVID-19 waiver season and instead declare... For the WNBA, the soon-to-be all-time leading scorer in college basketball is projected to be the first overall selection in the WNBA. How will her game translate in that league, and how about the fact her NIL endorsements deals will likely carry over? But her actual rookie salary will be $76,535.
4: Yeah, that's, uh, to me, an interesting footnote, the salary, but I do think it obscures the fact that she's going to be a very rich woman if she isn't already and this is the smart move for her to make. You want to continue to ascend and progress and advance and promote the women's sport of, of, of basketball. And she has been as great of an ambassador, Jay Williams, she has been as great of an ambassador and player as we have seen in this generation. She has done more for the sport than many others that came before her. She will continue to be one of the greatest women's basketball players ever. And she will make that transition fairly seamlessly into the WNBA. There are a lot of people excited in Indianapolis yesterday when she made that announcement. She's going to the Indiana Fever, and people in Indianapolis in a state where they feel like they did invent basketball, even though it was done at McGill or somewhere in Canada. Thank you, Molly, for that correction. But (laughs) the Indiana Fever excited. Caitlin Clark is coming to town, and she is coming to town full of the uh, ready to endorse whatever they want her to endorse and be the terrific, terrific spokesperson she is and be the dynamic player she continues to be. She is great.
5: I think she's got unsettled business at Iowa unless, I mean, they got a big test this weekend. They're they're hosting the third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. She still needs to win a title. And they still needs to win the Big Ten to be an all-time all-timer. And I wonder if the appeal of Caitlin Clark will continue as a pro and if there was something more special about it being college athletics, even though she was making that NIL money. Um, I wonder if when she goes around the country in the WNBA, if tickets will be $200 just to get in the door as they are right now. And, that, and that's not why she should stay at Iowa, by the way. I just think she should stay at Iowa to try to win a national championship. The WNBA is going to be there next year. And she doesn't need the $75,215 or $75,535. She's making a couple of bucks from Gatorade or whoever else. She, she makes
3: roughly $900,000 in NIL deals this year. And that will that will probably remain in place. Of course, right. Why would improve. you not want to follow her, It right? might improve when she gets into the WNBA. And it, she's, she has a net worth reportedly of about $3 million. So it's not as much as Caleb Williams, but that's a lot of money to graduate college with, right? I think a lot of people work their whole lives and don't get anywhere near, don't get a sniff of uh, that kind of money. So... Uh, pretty extraordinary and and well earned you know she brought tons of eyeballs and tons of uh, publicity to the game i 'm very curious to see um, not how her game translates but how the the kind of attention and the power that she seems to hold, how that translates into the WNBA. I would imagine. That there are a lot of women professional basketball players that will be envious, jealous, will be not pleased to have someone get all that attention before they've even been in their league or starred in their league or whatever. I'm not. I'm not saying that Isaiah Thomas is going to freeze her out and they're not going to let her Jealousy. play well. At the, but Absolutely. that is a that is a reality that she will have to deal with. With her own teammates, but more so with every player that guards her, I would imagine that every coach and every team will shut her down or do what they can to shut her down. I I think that you know the league, the people in Indiana, they need to make every effort to make this an easy translation right. for her because because her star power is such that she will. You know the the high tide raises all ships. She will bring so much to that league that they really need to make sure that they're treating her with uh, with respect, and they're not. You know, she's not catching the, the Caitlin Clark rules, whatever. Right. I mean, I'm and I'm I, I'm just saying it's a good point. She's she's a treasure to the, to the uh, WNBA. That's a good word
4: too. Hold on. I'm trying to see how many uh, NCAA championships Steph Curry won at Davidson. Hold on, Dustin. 3 1 2, 6 the NBA, David. 67 67. You weren't saying this about Steph Curry when he was 22 years old. Nobody
5: was saying anything about Steph Curry when he was 22 years old.
4: Okay, Jay. Yeah, I don't think Larry
3: Bird won a title. Maybe I missed it at Indiana <laughs> State, pal. Really good example. And All right, let's, uh, we got to get and to the blank extra. men oranges. We got to get to the extra point. We'll do that next. No more banana rama nonsense. Set up this extra point.
1: It's time for the extra point with Mullion Ha on 670, the score.
5: All over college basketball, coaches, administrators, as well as media members have expressed concern over the trend of court storming after big upsets. What can be done to stop this trend, or is it just a fact of life with college athletics?
4: I think both. It is a fact of life with college sports these days, but there needs to be more done to prevent or reduce the number of times this happens. I don't know that you're ever gonna be able to prevent it. This is adulation, this is uh, impulsive, this is what college students tend to be, especially in these environments, these in-your-face environments that are used as tools to help teams win and build that excitement and adrenaline and then all of a sudden you want to immediately flip that switch. I don't know how realistic it is. It has gotten dangerous. Uh, John Shire, the look on his face was made an impression you're not going to forget because his look of horror as Kyle Phil, Filipowski, his player from Duke, went down and was injured in one of these court-storming incidents. Caitlin Clark was hit and went down during one of these incidents at Columbus, Ohio. The conferences have to be stronger with the fines. I think that's the only the only realistic way to address this is through fines and financial penalties, and and also just with uh, increased security, which will re- require more money. But security and fines will maybe create more of a detriment than exists now. I don't like the idea that has been offered about you know arresting or issuing citations to people that storm the court. Not very realistic, and it seems very Gestapo like. It seems very much over the top, but you, you have to do something. The coaches are right. This can't continue to be unchecked. So the SEC has a gradual progression of fines 100,000, 200,000, 500,000. The Big Ten has until your third incident. I think there has to be more uniformity and more severity with the fines because you hit schools where they live, and then they will they will increase the security to make sure that this happens less frequently than it does. It's happening way too much.
5: Well, we'll use Duke as the example. If you're Duke, don't go to Wake Forest and lose. How about that, Duke? Okay, Don't don't, don't lose. When the game is tight and you're worried about the – don't lose. Win. The object of the game is to win. The, the, here's the problem with the fines, David, is the schools use storming the court, rushing the football fields as an example – in their in their hype videos, they do so th- they recruit that way. So it's like, hey, okay, I'll pay a hundred thousand dollar fine because, okay, so what? I, it's in the budget. We're gonna budget for a couple of court stormings a year. But guess what? Students are gonna want to come to Dayton of Ohio, Wake Forest, Miami, you know, wherever it is, because, so they get that opportunity to storm the court when a big team. You know, just, if you if John Shire and Duke doesn't want people running on them, then win, score more points. But in all seriousness, you could have, on basketball as an example, and it's it's a lot closer, so it's harder to secure. I guess that the fans are closer than they are at a football game, and it you know like at a football game you're probably cr- climbing over a wall to get down there and stuff like that. Have four people, six people, with ropes. If it's getting to that point where this might happen, they come onto the court and you rope off the court. And then if you run over those ropes, then, yes, David, you get prosecuted and you get fined to the heaviest extent of the law. We're asking you not to do it. We're trying to keep it safe. So we just, you know, the four or six people, I'll grab a corner of the rope. They pull it up. And if you decide to go past that barrier, then you're going to face the full extent of the law. But at the end of the day, just win. Just win the damn game, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah, that's not
3: realistic either, because you can't win every game, and you can't have a bunch of perfect teams. It's not how it works. Um, The Caitlin Clark thing seemed to me worse than the North Carolina thing. Like she, there was just like open court, and she's running, and the person coming down's running. They they collided. Yeah, that was that was pretty scary stuff. Um, Look, you don't want to see it happen. I don't want to see college kids arrested and all that that entails. I suppose if you're leading people off in handcuffs, they're not going to be rushing the field. You can't get enough security. There's only one thing you can do, okay? You want to know how to stop this? Go ahead. Do like a Google search on the word forfeit, okay? Okay. And see what happens to teams that have these glorious, unbelievable court-storming victories, and all of a sudden it doesn't count. And it doesn't matter in the standings. That's how you hurt a team. That's how you stop this before it gets going. I mean, I know that's really harsh. That's harsh. And I know you would have an asterisk next to it, and I know you could still use it in a hype video. But if it doesn't count, if you don't get credit, for what you achieved, let me tell you something. People are going to stop doing whatever the action is. If it hurts you that much, and he, and all of a sudden you're not in the college football playoff because, well, that, you know the great uh, play at the end of the game doesn't count, that would
4: stop it. It would stop it cold. You ever uh, get caught in one of the court storming or field rushing incidents? You ever been in the middle of one of those? Yeah, I've been in a couple. Anything memorable?
3: Um, I, I, You know, the worst
4: one. I, and I wasn't even
3: storming the court, but I was covering a game at Indiana, Pacers game. And it was the one where Jordan and Reggie Miller mm-hmm. went like dome to dome. Mm-hmm. And all these people were coming out. Security was in, in the way. And I jumped up on the table that I was working at just to see what was going on. And like security started trying to pull me off the table. And I'm like waving them. Get away from me. You know, I I got a notebook. and I'm just writing down what I'm looking at. And they, you know, they they thought that I was creating an incident by going on the table. So I, I wasn't I wasn't let off in handcuffs like guys I know have been. Uh, but uh, but but that was like the closest I came to an incident. I was like the problem was I also was kind of like caught up in the moment. Yeah, and unwilling. Yeah. to listen to what they were. You're dealing with adrenaline me.
4: too. Yeah, I was covering Notre Dame. I believe it was either Pittsburgh or Boston. I was. It was on the East Coast. Maybe Boston College, goalpost. You turn around. I'm on the field trying to get to the coach. You know, you—that's when you could get on the field at the end of the games. All of a sudden, they tear down the goalpost. They're carrying one of the goalposts. Bo- yeah, almost ran right into a goalpost. Yeah, that would have been ugly. Yeah, that's and that was scary. It was scary because there's crazy. students running everywhere. Yeah, and they have no regard for safety. They're just, yeah. just no. You're just you're just so pumped
3: up and you, you know fueled by alcohol I, and I, I, adrenaline. I, well, and I and I've been like at games where you know. People have charged the court. And like you say, they're not drunk tired. They're just drunk. No, and, and you, it is scary. Even if you're on the field as a normal human, like, what am I doing here? And oh boy, this got out of control quickly. I'm talking about when I was a much younger man. 312 644 6767. It's Mully and Hawk, Chicago Sports Radio 6 7 score.
2: Drunk tired. The truth is, nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it, and it's going to go away and nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not its not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. just Just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day.
3: Mully and Ha, Chicago Sports Radio, 6 7 of the score. That is Jay Billis, and that's his solution
4: to court storming. I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know how practical or reasonable that is. I'm not sure that it would necessarily deter it from happening ever again. I just think you have to be more practical in the approach, increase security increase the fines, and hope for common sense to prevail at some point. 312-644-6767.
3: 6, Let's get to Chris. He's downstate. Hey, Chris.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Long time listener. Hey, I haven't listened to, to the uh, the Caitlin Clark thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't really agree with a lot of what Hall says, but this question is uh, for him basically is why, like myself, I don't watch female sports. I think it's boring. But has, my question is, has he always been a, this adamant about female sports when he was playing college sports, when he was high school playing uh, in sports, or is he just uh,
4: trying to be politically correct because it looks ooh, better? Ooh, that's a really good question. That's, really a, that's a really direct question, and it's really assuming a lot of things about me you have no idea about. I was very involved in covering college women's sports in my first job at, at the South Bend Tribune. When Notre Dame made their first uh, Final Four, I was there. I was a big part of covering Muffet McGraw's program uh, in the mid-'90s when they, she started to take off. I've always had an appreciation for college women's sports, for professional women's sports. So don't make assumptions. You have no idea about what you're making. Uh, fair, fair point. If you don't find women's sports interesting, I'm not going to try to convince you that they are. Yeah, I mean, I just they, appreciate this. Them.
3: This isn't a, I mean, but you're missing the point of the whole thing. This isn't really, I am? no, no, no. The, the caller I'm ready, man. The, this you're, you're doing great. And you, you did like a miraculous job of getting down to the garage and back 3.57 seconds, whatever it was. Look, uh, sub 4.6 minutes. Uh, the reality is that Caitlin Clark is more popular right now than anybody in the WNBA, maybe than the entire WNBA. She's going into this league. This is like yeah. Bird and Magic. This is a chance to kind of rebuild your brand. It's going to bring tons of attention so and eyeballs and so all down. that stuff. So, so revel in it. Revel in the idea that you're going to sell out. You're gonna get sellout yeah. crowds. I, I, yeah, it's right.
4: wonderful. It's wonderful.
3: So I, th- it's not about wh- whether you find I, something boring or I, you I, like I, it. I, yeah, th- I think that's. I'm a, talking
4: about people. To not take that we just heard. Uh, yeah, it was. It was but it was, I, I, I respect it because it does ask a question. This isn't about political correctness. I res- I like Caitlin Clark. She reminds me of everyone's got their own frame of reference. Sure. I grew up in a small town. You know that. When girls' basketball was huge. I dated a girl for three years. that was a very good basketball player. Her teammate was one of the best that Indiana has ever seen, and her name was Debbie bolin not my girlfriend, but the player and she was like Caitlin Clark in her day. so I've always been fascinated by by girls' basketball then by women's basketball. It has nothing to do with political correctness. Caitlin Clark is here to stay. get used to it oh well, she's she's really good. Jake's in Milwaukee. Hey Jake.
1: Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, just want to chime in on the, the whole court storming thing. You know, it's an interesting issue. And, you know, I think a more practical solution rather than going to the extreme of, you know, arresting students or forfeiting mm-hmm. games would be maybe to suspend all students from coming to the next home game or next couple home games if there is a court storming.
4: That's interesting. What do you think about that, Molly? That's interesting.
3: It's not a bad idea. What I mean, you- it would stop it. I, I, like I said, I, it would be tough, though, wouldn't it? It's a hard sell. The forfeit thing. It is. And it's a hard sell rescheduling stuff. But you got to do something about it. And to me, that would be a solution. Now, we had a texter who said, you know, maybe if your team's losing, you storm the court, and that way the forfeit erases the fact that
4: they were going to lose. That's it's a genius That's turning genius. it out of fear. That's very genius. But, Look, yeah, sorry. Bring it home tonight. Dayton visits Loyola. Right. Big game in the A-10. Sure. Loyola beats Dayton. They could very easily storm the court there if they if that happens because the excitement, what it means, wouldn't that be terrible to forfeit a game that would yeah. mean that well, much in the standings? And you're right. I, I mean, I would recommend, like, storming Bruno's.
3: Get, <laughs> get yourself to the bar and get a cocktail. It's Friday night. It's Friday night. You can be drunk and tired. You can get out of that game and watch the Bulls. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to this, but we got Big's time next. It's probably an awe
2: on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds?